So all this weekend, we're celebrating the Divine Disappearance Day of Srila Bhaktivinoda Thakur. Srila Bhaktivinoda Thakur is the restorer of Lord Chaitanya's Sankirtan movement. As Krishna mentions in the Bhagavad Gita, from the influence of time and the modes of material nature, the message of the Supreme Personality of Godhead is gradually diminished by various malintents of people in general and the ways in which the message is forgotten over time. Just like if you don't maintain deities, you think, oh, it's very easy to install deities. But actually, after 10 years, 20 years, then you see, like, every day, and now it's a new era, I have other things to do, and so forth. And sometimes we find that temples are in disrepair, or the deities are lost, there, there's a tax, anything can happen by the insurmountable power of time. So similarly, Lord Chaitanya's teachings and his movement that he started, he was here personally, he's Krishna himself, but he appears in this particular at this particular time to inaugurate the Sankirtan movement. And a couple hundred years after his leaving the world, gradually the message became uh, lost, distorted. Of course, there are always pure devotees who are carrying on the pure vibration. But to the people in general, the movement may become obscured. And that was the case when Srila Bhaktivinoda Thakur came into the world. He was from a very pious family, and they had been affected by cholera. There's always some disease going around here in the material world. He had helped to raise uh, many of the family members. And in his youth, he became established as a a great scholar, and he uh, took on the role of a, a judge, a magistrate, and was very well known for his expertise. At the same time, Bhaktivinoda Thakur, although working in the world, was a pure devotee. In fact, the means through which the Sankirtan movement is brought to the world, or that is the teachings of Krishna in general, is, is from the devotees. Why do we celebrate these days of the appearance and disappearance of the pure devotees of the Lord, the great Acharyas? It's because they are the ones through which we receive Krishna's mercy. In the Bhagavatam, Sarvo hridayam mayam, sadhanam hridayam toham, madanyate najananti, managtebyo managapi. It is said by the Lord Himself that the devotees are within my heart, always. That's who I'm thinking of. And I'm always within their hearts. They're thinking of me. And there's no one more dear to me than the devotees, Krishna says. And similarly, in the 
Bhagavatam, it is said, Bhavadvida Bhagavatas Tirtabhuta Swayam Bibo Tirta Kurvanti Tirtani Swantakstena Gadabrita. Yudhishthir told Fedura that you're bringing Krishna to everybody, wherever you go, because you carry Krishna within your heart. And therefore, wherever you go is a tirtha, or whatever tirthas you go to, you purify, because you carry this very special quality with you, wherever you go. So, we find from the Srimad Bhagavatam that there are two Bhagavatas. Bhagavata means the Supreme. And why does the Bhagavatam mention two? Because, well, first there's the book Bhagavata, which is the incarnation of Krishna in this age. Krishna Swadamo Bhagate Dharma Ganadi Bisaha Kalunashtadrishamesha Puranarkodanodita. Just after Krishna left to his abode, accompanied by religion, knowledge, etc. And the Bhagavatam appeared. And we are to derive the same benefits we get directly from Krishna, because there's no difference between the Bhagavatam and Krishna. But then the Bhagavata itself says that there's another kind of Bhagavata, which is the person Bhagavata. And the person Bhagavata is a walking Bhagavata and a talking Bhagavata who can move about the world and insert the Bhagavatam into people's lives and show by example what it's like to follow the Srimad Bhagavatam. What does it look like? What is the result of somebody uh, in somebody's life who follows the Bhagavatam, actually lives the life? And the Bhagavatam itself mentions that the book Bhagavata is meant for a reformation. It's a kind of a culture through which anyone from any position can become elevated to the highest position of life. So, krittibi means that there's a culture. And we call, uh, sometimes we say Vedic culture, Sanskriti culture, like the, word, the language Sanskrit means it's perfectly reformed. And perfectly reformed, perfectly refined, kriti. And so what is a human being if he or she is not refined? Uh, the Shastra says, an animal, dviparapashu. You have two legs and you do drive a Toyota, but you're an animal, madam, sir, <laughs> because you don't have dharma. You haven't been refined. It's necessary for human life to refine oneself, to come to the position of perfection, of connection to the Supreme Personality of Godhead because of one's reformation through one's lifestyle. So Bhagavatam said, Sadhya Ridya Varutite Trakritibi Shushu Shubish Takshanat. A shushu shubish by the culture of hearing the the Bhagavata, a person can become kritibi can become refined. So we call this the Sanskriti, the culture of the Bhagavat, a lifestyle of the Bhagavat. And this is what the Acharyas are interested in. The great Acharyas want to bring to the world the 
sound vibration of the Bhagavatam. And they also show by their example how to live it. But there's more. They also want to create a culture through which everyone can enter in and take advantage of it. Because yes, there are some pure devotees who can take advantage. They relish sitting, hearing Bhagavatam or chanting the Lord's names. And they can practice. But the pure devotees of the Lord are interested that in everybody having an opportunity. They want no one to go without the opportunity to take to Krishna consciousness. That's what the sages were doing at Naimasaranya. They were gathered, and the question at the seminar was, how do we give this to everybody? How will this be available to people who are really out of it? In the Iron Age of Kali, men are much short lives, almost always have short lives. They're quarrelsome, lazy, misguided, unlucky, and above all, always disturbed. So how will they take to Krishna consciousness? That's the concern of the acharyas. They're thinking about that. And in the Bhagavad Gita, Krishna says that Someone who's thinking like that and making the message available to others is the most dear to me in the world. And somebody who excels in this is known in uh, the spiritual society as an empowered personality. So from time to time, such empowered, empowered personalities, we call acharyas, the mahajans, they become self-effulgent. It's self-evident that they're doing something that nobody else can do in the matter of presenting Krishna consciousness to the world, making it available to everybody. And although sometimes uh, acharyas seem to be born into complex situations, at, at a certain point they emerge. In Vaishnav culture, we don't ask, well, what was their past about? It's not important. Once somebody manifests their perfection is like, yeah, but what about that? And Prabhupada gives the, the statement that, okay, so um, when my mother was a child, she ran around naked. So, you know, should she be naked now? Uh, <laughs> no. So Vaishnavs uh, manifest their opulence at a certain point, that opulence or the shakti of being able to spread the Krishna consciousness movement all over the world. And Krishna Shakti Vina Nahi Tavar Pravartan. There's a way in which Balabacharya mentions, and the verses become famous in the Chaitanya Charjamrita, that only one who's got the Shakti of Krishna, who's been empowered by Krishna, can do this. First of all, only rare souls have an interest in it. Most people are interested in worldly pursuits. But somebody has an interest in spreading Krishna consciousness, they are very rare and they're to Krishna. But somebody who becomes extraordinarily empowered is known as the Acharya. So Bhaktivinoda Thakur is known for bringing to the world the teachings of Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in a way that nobody else has ever done. And we're all the recipients of that. Prabhupada pointed this out many times. There are a few points that Prabhupada makes. I'll just read it, a couple of them just to give a flavor of the way Prabhupada thought about Srila Bhaktivinoda. 
Prabhupada says, this movement was started by Srila Bhaktivinoda Thakur, and then it was entrusted to Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur. Then we are trying to serve his word, and many of my godbrothers, they are also. Then Prabhupada says, so his method of preaching is just according to the, strictly according to the rules and regulation of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And as Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was called by Advaita Prabhu, similarly, Bhaktivinoda Thakur, when he saw this condition of pseudo-Vaishnava all over the country, he also prayed to Lord Chaitanya that you kindly send somebody from your personal staff so that they can start this movement. And uh, Bhaktivinoda Thakur uh, was engaged in the with uh, many of the intelligentsia of society at the time, he was interested in uh, a process through which people could become benefited. And at the time, India was in transition. Of course, there was colonial power there still, until we see more in the time of Arshila Prabhupada, there was a, a push for independence and so forth. At that time, it was in some ways, there were subversive elements uh, already there, uh, but Bhaktivinoda Thakur was teaching around the time when, uh, the, when British rule was especially strong. And there were, uh, there were attempts by the, the British to undermine the culture, the Samskriti culture. And in, at various times they were amazed, although they suppressed their amazement to a great degree when they found out some of the glories of the Samskriti culture. For instance, Sanskrit. Uh, one person who actually kind of founded the science of Indology had reported back in a paper uh, to the West that, wait a minute, <laughs> how can these people be... Uh, considered backwards since uh, the language they have is, is more refined than Latin. Latin was considered the pinnacle of languages and uh, the perfection of languages. However, uh, he reported back that th this language is it's better than Latin. And what kind of culture does that indicate? And what kind of poetry we're finding here and so forth? So. Meanwhile, uh, that wasn't good for business. Uh, and, and really, a lot of the ways in which uh, India was overrun were, were economical. And con uh, the consideration was, let's see how much we can pull out of the country. And so much was taken from India uh, on the, on the, um, under the cover of uh, trade. It wasn't trade at all. It was uh, pilfering. And... Um, <clears throat> Around that time, there were uh, people, and intelligent people, Indians, who had been affected by the propaganda of the West and reconsidering their culture. And perhaps we needed a new idea besides the Bhagavatam. Uh, let's uh, consider uh, various aspects. Uh, maybe this idea of a personal God is, we've gone a little too far. Um, maybe, maybe we need to have, you know, some mixture of Christianity or 
uh, the idea of um, Brahman realization, I'll mix it all together. So there were uh, groups of intelligent uh, people, scholars, discussing these things. Bhaktivinoda Thakur was among them. However, he emerged as, uh, he might describe himself as the first convert to Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's movement. When he came across the teachings of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and started to look into them, he saw this is the perfection of the Bhagavad. Here is how it's all explained perfectly so that all the people of the world can take to this. That was his heart's desire. You can see it in his early writings, how to unite the world behind a common theology that uh, would bring together Westerners, Easterners, everyone could unite and give their hearts and lives to God. And an interesting point I found, uh, we've heard this before, but I saw the, the actual letter Bhaktivinoda Thakur had written about how he was in search of the Sri Chaitanya Charitamrita. And at the time that he began to look for it, there was none available. No trace of the Chaitanya Charitamrita, if you can imagine. Of course, in 1975, Srila Prabhupada did something about that. <laughs> he made sure that thousands of sets of the entire Sri Chaitanya Charitamrita, including all of the teachings of Bhaktivinoda Thakur on it and Srila Bhaktisiddhanta were included in the commentaries. And he said, distribute it to the world and make sure it's available. There's uh, this book, this never happens again, that somebody's looking for the Chaitanya Charitamrita and it's not available. So when Bhaktivinoda Thakur came in to the teachings, so to speak, of Sri Chaitanya Char Charitamrita and of Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, he began to then uh, write about it and speak about it and uh, write poetry about it. Krishnabhishek Prabhu, who's got a PhD in Bhaktivinoda Thakur, had mentioned the other day that he, he Bhaktivinoda Thakur, was the first Acharya, Vaishnava Acharya, to write poetry in English. He was already thinking in terms of uh, bridging the gap around the world. He wasn't provincial that, you know, this is just for people who can read Bengali. Everyone else can go to hell. Uh, or, you know, we, we only speak, speak Sanskrit. Uh, if you can't speak Sanskrit, you can go to hell. Prabhupada wasn't into that. In fact, there's a conversation on recorded where uh, it was meant, the, the devotees in the room were mentioning how there's a, a, a scholar amongst the devotees who wanted to promote uh, everyone just speak Sanskrit. And Prabhupada said, no, English is the medium that everyone is speaking in around the world who's progressive, and this is the way to, to expand it. So that idea, that mood came from Bhaktivinoda Thakur, that uh, don't put walls around this. This is for everybody. We want to make Chaitanya Charitamrita available to the whole world. So. There were ways in which Bhaktivinoda Thakur then began to expand the teachings of, Shri Chait uh, of Lord Chaitanya. One of them is that he had written a book about Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's teachings, and he sent it out. I wonder, and I haven't actually heard from anybody yet, I've been asking a few people what the postal system was in India back then. I know what it is now, because 
I've gone to post offices in India where I, I stood there and nobody acknowledged me for half an hour. They're just punching a hole in a paper and, and I'm standing there like, am I alive still? Am I a ghost? It's like, well, how can I help you? Then, you know, so, of course, it's not much better here in America. But what was it like back then to package up a book, a physical book, and get it on a, a boat and get it out to a person? I, I asked Krishna Abhishek Prabhu, uh, where, what places did they go? He, says in, he doesn't have a full list, but he named Oxford, and everyone knows McGill University in Canada, and uh, California University, he said. I said, UC Berkeley? He said, I don't know, California University. We have to look into that. He also sent it to Monier Williams, the compiler of the Monier Williams Sanskrit Dictionary. He was a scholar. And then Thoreau and Emerson, uh, with whom he had correspondence, uh, inviting them to enter into this. You know, please consider these books. There are many more, I'm sure. And we can, uh, we're, we're looking into finding out how many different places he sent. But the act itself is a, a demonstration of his overarching view that the whole world should have this. Let all the intelligentsia of society exercise their intelligence in, in hearing Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's philosophy, and which leads us to the Bhagavat. And uh, uh, Bhaktivinoda Thakur wrote a book called The Bhagavat, explaining how it's relevant to the world, how it fits into the, the scheme of everything in the world and how it's the perfect uh, theology. And that's enacted through the, uh, through the uh, teachings of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So Bhaktivinoda Thakur then had, uh, as we know, he had prayed for a ray of Vishnu to appear. A, a penchant he had was for uh, begging. We have to uh, notice that he had many children. Every one of his kids was engaged in the enterprise that Bhaktivinoda Thakur had started, which was to develop the Namhata. So he had 13 kids. And every one of them had a job. The, there were boys and girls. And they all had something to do. Uh, for instance, Srila Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur, um, at that time he had uh, the job of being the uh, the editor of the writings that uh, Bhaktivinoda Thakur was putting out. There were others that were in, uh, working the printing press. There were others that were running the uh, accounting system and so forth. But each one of them had a job. So, of course, at that time in history, having a lot of children was uh, normal and it made a lot of sense, even economic sense, because there was a way, way, there was a way in which in a in a rural economy, the more kids you have, uh, the better off your <laughs> enterprise is. You can, kids, they can start doing stuff like when they're really young. If, if that's the atmosphere, they have something to do. They can work into. Bhaktivinoda Thakur engaged all the kids in uh, the Sankirtan process. So feel free, you can have 13 kids, and they can all go on Sankirtan and be part of Bhakti, what, good? No? Okay. Um, so, what were the tenets of his uh, teachings? It, there, there are many, but he wrote various kinds of books. He wrote small books that were meant 
for the person on the street. They could get the idea right away. It was very simple. He wrote books like the one we were reading this morning, Harinam Chintamani, for those who are already practicing chanting the holy name. And he wrote uh, books like the, the uh, Chaitanya Shikshamrita and Jaiva Dharma to give the intricacies of the philosophy for those who wanted to become advanced in uh, the practice of devotional service. And he wrote the Sharanagati. So the Sharanagati, actually, it's all songs, but it has the complete philosophy of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and the Bhagavad in song form, poet, poetical form. And he expected any of those who were serious about following Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu to memorize all of the songs in the Sharanagata project. So you could take that up, uh, memorize the songs, all the songs in the, uh, the Sharanagati, which lead to this ultimate conclusion of uh, surrender to Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and Lord Krishna. And he also, uh, developed, as you all know, the Namhata. Uh, Namhata hatta is a marketplace. Marketing it means that you have to consider uh, people's needs, interests, and concerns. How will you accommodate people with the philosophy? How will, how will they be able to integrate it in their lives? How are we going to get everyone into, uh, you know, a Toyota? For instance, people in marketing at Toyota. Is that the wrong company to bring up? Are they in ill favor right now? No, yes? Okay, probably. Uh, however, you know, they think we need a small size car. Some people, there's a niche for the electric people. Then we need a big, huge car for families and we need something that goes really fast for the, the adolescents or you know, <laughs> no, <laughs> they have niche markets, they meditate on it, they, they get the pricing right, everything. So this is marketing. Bhaktivinoda Thakur wanted to market the holy name, the Nam Hatta. He wanted to make sure that everybody uh, had an opportunity to uh, take it from whatever uh, station in life they were. You know, whether you live in the forest, where, where, whether you live in a house, we've got something for you. It's the holy name, and here's how to do it. And so he had various um, tenets uh, for his teachings. The first one was uh, Diksha, second one was Shiksha, and the third one was Bhiksha. These were, were three of the pillars of Bhaktivinoda Thakur's process for uh, the Namhat for getting people to this Sanskriti uh, or uh, purified stage of life, coming to the highest perfection of life, three aspects. So in the Diksha, uh, there was a, a way in which the, for those who were faithful and appreciated the process, it was a way they could take initiation into the chanting. And it, it was a little simpler process than we have now. Uh, but wanted to impress upon us here in the West when he started, apparently. And, and there are other ev there's other evidence in society about the first initiation for the Holy Name being very important. Bhaktivinoda Thakur would make sure that people could uh, take a vow to enter into the chanting of the Holy Name of the Lord. This was the Diksha. And 
After that, he insisted upon thorough shiksha. And we mentioned it this morning during our japa circle that there has to be some bandagyan along with the chanting. Because if we don't have a complete education, Siddhanta Bholiachita Nakara Alash Ihahoite Krishna Loge Sudrid Manash, with a thorough explanation, without being lazy about it, we can come to a conclusion about why it's important to surrender to Krishna. And if we don't, then we'll think, well, any old thing will do. Yeah, what's the difference? Krishna consciousness or a monster truck pull, tractor pull, whatever it's called, uh, it's all good. And whatever you choose is fine. No, that's not the case. Because we're eternal spiritual beings and we're incompatible with matter. We're going to die. And when you get died, when you, when you get died, what am I listening to, Kunji? Uh, you get handcuffs. And then they throw you in a car, and you don't know where you're going. You're going wherever they tell you you're going. Here's where you're going, to jail. And okay, can I get out of it? No, you had your chance. I mean, there are implications. And also, to develop the human spirit to actually love Krishna is the most uh, glorious pastime of Krishna, the prayers personified Vedas say. It's, it's, it's this that uh, has... Um, the attention of, of all the, the great souls when the soul remembers Krishna and is able to take to the process. So he wanted all those in the Namhat to study the books that were available very thoroughly. He had a Bhakti, Bhakti Shastri program. Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur carried it on. Hey, Srivas Pandit Prabhu, you're doing good. Just give him a hand. Uh, Everything we're doing is something conceived of by Srila Bhaktivinoda Thakur. Everything we have, it was passed down through Srila Bhakti Siddhanta and then passed down to His Divine Grace A.C. Bhaktivinoda Swami Prabhupada, who instituted it all over the world. It's Bhaktivinoda Thakur's marketing of the holy name to make sure everyone could actually not only take it, but, but achieve success in it. So now you may be wondering, I know Malini is because she was smiling when I said it. Biksha. What is that Biksha? He said, this is very, very important. That after you take your vow for chanting the holy name, and as you're learning the, the, the philosophy by hearing about it, now you have to go out and beg. Bhaktivinoda Thakur did it himself. Bhaktivinoda Thakur is a high court judge. Who's a high court judge in our country? I've forgotten all the people now. Robertson, is he still there? Okay, Roberts. So, you know, if we get news that Roberts the, is out uh, begging from door to door, he comes to your door, hi, I'm with the Supreme Court, and, you know, could you give a little donation? <laughs> get out of here. Bhaktivinoda uh, Thakur, when he um, enacted his Sankirtan movement, he had retired. Of course, he did it while he was working and after he retired. But after he retired, he went around begging, doing biksha, collecting money to uh, 
has spread the Sankirtan movement. And, you know, people saw him, they noticed that, isn't that the Supreme Court judge out begging? And he advocated, he said, Lurdan Yananda did it. And this is the way of purification. Some people reject you. He said, this is very good. And you go door to door, you get kicked out, right? They come and say, you can't do this here. This is private property. Go away. We don't like you people. And there's an internal process through this bhiksha going out to spread Lord Chaitanya's movement in public and taking the heat. There you get purified. So this is what we do. This is our, our, our whole program. There's diksha, then there's shiksha, ongoing, and there's bhiksha. These are the three pillars of uh, Bhaktivinoda Thakur's teaching. So this is, uh, these are the pillars also in, in ISKCON that we have these available for everybody who wants to come in uh, and begin chanting and hear about the philosophy and then go out and give it to others and take the heat in the bhiksha. Now he also emphasized, and this is uh, according to the uh, deep studies of Krishna Abhishek Prabhu, that what was especially important for Bhaktivinoda Thakur, he emphasized seva. He said that uh, when he described the pancha samskar, which you've heard many times because we talk about it a lot, there's this tapa. In other words, you turn away from the material world. I'm not, I'm not getting involved anymore in this material world because now I know it's a colossal hoax and then there's pondra which like i'm coming and i'm going to hang out with the devotees and i start to identify myself as a devotee i put on urva pundra and say Hare krishna and then, and then you get nama you take a new name you start uh, your vow to chant the holy name of the lord and say yeah i'm going to chant Hare krishna i've studied it it's a good idea the science works and it works for me and even when it doesn't i'm going to do it anyway and then you get mantra you get the Gayatri Mantra and the other Vaishnava Mantras, and then uh, Yaga, which means, okay, actually, Krishna Abhishek Prabhu is telling me it means, really, any kind of seva. The, the ultimate connection to the Krishna conscious movement, he said, was then, after you go through these stages, that you get some service from your guru. And it's passed down from the from the guru to the shishya, and that here, take some service. So there's a way in which this is actually the greatest bequeathment that one can get from a Vaishnav, is a Vaishnav who has some service already, somebody who got some, whatever it is, it's powerful, and they're engaged. And then somebody else comes and goes, can I get a little something like that? Okay, start the process, you purify yourself, and then you get seva. You get connected through that service to the Sankirtan movement. This is very practical. So he saw this as a holistic way in which everyone could not only get involved in the spiritual practice, but come to the perfection of it in a very practical way because of integrating these elements in, into their lives. So Bhaktivinoda Thakur has been a a great inspiration to all of us here at ISKCON of Silicon Valley and to devotees all over the world because of the treasure of 
teachings that he left behind and the example that, that he set for everybody. He was um, involved in many different projects. One of them was called the Amrita Bazar Pratrika, which is a one of the longest running publications. Anybody here ever start a newsletter? Anyone? Any kind of newsletter? Raise your hand if you have. Don't be embarrassed. Is it still going? No? <laughs> How long did it last? <laughs> a year, two years, ten years. The Amrita Bazar Patrika was started in 1868 and it ended in 1991 in Bengali and then later on in English. And it was based on Vaishnav principles. And uh, Bhaktivinoda Thakur was uh, associated with the person who produced that, who put it together and, and made it available. And um, he was, uh, he, his name is uh, Shri Kumar Ghosh, Shishi Kumar Ghosh. So he was a, f a famous name at that time in India. And he put out that paper. Bhaktivinoda Thakur was one of the authors who wrote there frequently about the philosophy of Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And it's one of the ways in which he got the publication out to the world. When Bhaktivinoda Thakur started his uh, Sankirtan push, he also installed a printing press in his home. It was part of the family business that he had, literally. All the kids, everyone involved, and the printing press was there. And it was only re recently, in 2008, that the devotees who were looking into this, headed by Krishna Abhishek Prabhu, said that uh, they found that they came there about a, a year late. The family members had sold that printing press for scrap, <laughs> for scrap metal prices. And th that's very telling because you can see that unless somebody is hearing from and associating with advanced devotees, that it's easy enough to start thinking, well, Krishna consciousness is just another thing. It's not another thing, or it's not nothing. It's the thing. It, it's, it's the jiva dharma. It's the eternal uh, process for, for which the soul becomes reunited with, with Krishna. But if the person who's teaching it happens to be in your family or in your hometown, it's like, oh, that guy? Yeah, I know him. He lives in that place down there. And the family members later on, even in the same family, they can become unaware of the fact that this is important. They can forget. And as it's passed down over many generations, think how valuable for us. Would we like to have it here? We'd build a whole new wing on the building just to have darshan of that printing press and take blessings from it on a regular basis. It's like, yeah, we sold it for scrap. So don't, under, don't um, underestimate how powerful Maya is to forget the mission of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. It can happen over time. We need the help of the great Acharyas and it's so uh, simple, the process that Bhaktivinoda Thakur put forth, that you start your own enterprise, become a spiritual entrepreneur, 
and follow in the footsteps. And what you need is Hare Krishna, the Mahamantra. You need the Shastra. Let's check and see if we have those. We'll check off the boxes. Hare Krishna Mantra. Check. Okay. How about spiritual literature? We have. Okay. And how about opportunity for Biksha? Yes. Check. Okay. So all these things available, then all you have to do is apply it. And from that application, you can come to the perfectional stage of Krishna consciousness, following in the footsteps of Bhaktivinoda Thakur. I'm going to read just a couple more excerpts because they're so nice from Prabhupada's teachings about Bhaktivinoda. He said, So his method of preaching is just according to the, to the, strictly according to the rules and regulations of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And as Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was called, I read that one, sorry. Bhaktivinoda Thakur beg for the holy name. There's nothing for the name to be had in the 14 worlds. Just once try to get this nectar of the name. I don't mind being born as a bug as long as it's in the home of a devotee. So this is a simple teaching that you can keep in mind that if you can come to this point of begging, not just going and begging uh, to other people to take the holy name, but begging them, please let me take to this. And realizing the importance of pure devotional service that if I'm around pure devotees, that's the perfection of life. If, if I get everything else, but I miss that, then I've missed the point of life. Vishnu Jana. When Bhaktivinoda Thakur stated that he was leaving this planet with his work unfinished, Prabhupada, then let us finish. We are descendant of Bhaktivinoda Thakur, so he kept unfinished so that we shall get the chance to finish it. This is his mercy. He could have finished immediately. He's a Vaishnav. He's all-powerful. But he gave us chance that you foolish people, you all, you all also work. <laughs> that is his mercy. So we should pray to Bhaktivinoda Thakur that we are your grandchildren, great-grandchildren. So we have got some right to beg some mercy from you. The grandchildren get some indulgence from the, from the grandfather. So I pray like that. It is Bhaktivinoda Thakur's mercy. A Vaishnav can. Krishna doesn't require anyone's help. So that's profound because we can consider that we are the descendants of Bhaktivinoda Thakur. The real descendants, because if you've surrendered your life and you've decided that, yes, I'm going to enter into this process, then you're entering into the family of Bhaktivinoda Thakur. And if you can get some service in this uh, great movement, you're serving Bhaktivinoda Thakur and you'll get his mercy. We are not separated from the great Acharyas, no matter how far up the line they are, and certainly not from Bhaktivinoda Thakur. So we pray on this uh, special day where we're celebrating
during which we're celebrating the disappearance of Srila Bhaktivinoda Thakur. Dear Srila Bhaktivinoda Thakur, go ahead. If you so desire, please empower us here in ISV and uh, wherever, uh, wherever I may be, whatever place I may be, to follow your teachings and help you spread the Sankirtan movement all over the world. Please give us your mercy so we can expand this in ways that will please you for considering our request. Om Tat Sat. Hare Krishna. Bhaktivinoda Thakur took uh, Babaji initiation later in life. He had a stroke, actually. In the last seven years of his life, uh, part of his body was, was uh, paralyzed. We don't hear much about that because he simply went on with his chanting. Also, there's a handwritten letter from Bhaktivinoda Thakur when he was leaving the world just a day or so before he left. And uh, Krishna Abhishek Prabhu, who has the letter, says that it was written uh, almost in childlike um, calligraphy or uh, writing, and, um, and it, it was very simple. And the letter was a request to his son, Srila Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur, to come there and be present. Uh, he said, I think that now I'm about to leave the world. He said, my heartfelt desire is to uh, gaze upon the face of a pure Vaishnav when I leave the world, so you please come. And uh, the letter itself has uh, tears on it. So this uh, was his mood when he left, and this is also telling because out of all the uh, uh, children of Bhaktivinoda Thakur. Uh, one was especially prominent. Of course, Lalit Prashad Thakur is there, but there's a way in which, although he's a pure devotee in his own right, he had a disagreement with Srila Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur about how to spread the Krishna conscious movement and in some of the basic ideas that Bhaktivinoda Thakur was teaching. And therefore, uh, prominent Vaishnavas have pointed out that even in the family of a pure devotee, uh, one who <laughs> rises to the occasion is rare. So we should also remember the rarity of pure devotional service and those who are fully dedicated and appreciate devotees who to any degree are dedicating themselves to the process of Krishna consciousness because it's extremely rare in this world. It's not just wholesale that anybody takes to the process of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu or at least the process of pure devotional service. They're one and the same, but there are, there are degrees of people who participate. And we can see that it's not so easy sometimes for people to um, enter deeply within the process. So we should appreciate the Vaishnavas. And now let's just see in the last couple of minutes we have, if you have some reflections or questions. Yes. Um, hey Krishna, I have a question on some of the things that were mentioned. And um, so I feel like 
this statement, just keep on going, is easier said than done. And when we do get into this stage of um, bhiksha and asking for mercy and going door to door and preaching, we often face a lot of rejection. And at one point, it's like, I just want to stop. Or there's often thoughts of like, what is the purpose? So I was wondering, um, how do we get the motivation to continue doing our service? Well, how do you get the motivation? What makes you feel motivated? I think when I see other people, other devotees around me doing service. So that's a good answer. When we have association. That's why it's really helpful when we're doing Sankirtan. Sankirtan means at least three. Samyak Kirtan. Bhaktivinoda said that. At least three or more means Sankirtan. So when we join together with others, it becomes kind of a protective bubble for us to be in the association of devotees. I always notice when I go out with a bunch of devotees that I feel enlivened and protected. So I think that's a good answer. Stay in the association of, of devotees. As soon as we're in the association of devotees, we feel enlivened. I've had experience traveling long distance and then I start to feel weary. And then as soon as you know, I meet devotees at the airport and then I start to feel a lot better and then I get in the temple, you can smell the incense, the deities are there, it's like, ah, I'm okay again. So we have to organize our lives so that we don't become separated. Well, let me put it in the positive. We have to organize our lives in so that we stay in association with devotees. If we go out of the way, our way to stay in the association of advanced devotees, then they'll protect us and they'll always make sure that we keep going. And everything makes sense in the association of advanced devotees. So thank you for answering your own question. <laughs> because I noticed that you don't stop. So, you know, it's good to find out from all of us that, you know, what is it that's keeping you going? It's not an ordinary thing. Prabhu. Hare Krishna Maharaj. Uh, actually, want to know a secret from you, Maharaj. Uh, I have observed at ISV, Bhaktivinoda Thakur, there's something mystical about it. I mean, whether it's an MSF, something amazing things happen. Even personally, I feel you know a lot of mercy flowing through you. Uh, personally, in our life, especially in Ujjwala life, amazing things have happened at Bhaktivinoda Thakur's Kutir in, in the Dham. And somehow or the other, the atmosphere or our things are, I mean, we have many Acharyas and we celebrate uh, with due respects, you know, and a lot of these events. But somehow I feel there's a connection through you that special mercy flows, uh, especially, you know, during Bhakti Vinod Thakur's MSF or during this time period. What is the secret, Maharaj? Maybe it's some it's and I, I feel it's coming through you and, and well i think in some way i'm among among many others i'm kind of a poster child for bhaktivinoda thakur's movement how to take the lowest of the low you know someone had no connection with with uh, some Sanskriti culture at all and 
you know, how does it work? Does it actually work? Uh, that Shukadev Goswami says, you could take anybody, pick from anywhere. Doesn't matter. You don't have to, you know, like you're choosing teams. You know, it's like, I don't want that guy. Uh, you know, so some people are like that. <laughs> They're picking uh, who are they going to elevate. And, and they say, hey, we don't want these people because, like, come on, you know, they eat dogs or whatever they do. Uh, Shukadev Goswami says, doesn't matter. If you get them on your team and you show them this and get them involved, they're going to come to the highest point. That, that refinement can take place. This is our philosophy. Actually, there's so many people who even teach uh, so-called Vaishnava philosophy, but then they say some people are unqualified permanently. Uh, you have to take another birth. It's not in the Bhagavad itself. And Bhaktivinoda Thakur was one of the reformers who broke that mold, just like Lord Chaitanya. He was a huge reformer. He came out in a time when there were so many people addicted to the idea that uh, you know had to do uh, certain rules and regulations, and that you know you were un you could be untouchable. Why did Chaitanya Mahaprabhu pick up Haridas Thakur as his main acharya for the holy name? He was a Muslim. Nobody else would talk to him, and so that was the mood of Bhaktivinoda Thakur also. So when you see uh, people picked up from uh, obscurity. You know, I was in obscurity in Lafayette, California. What did I know about anything? Nothing about uh, culture uh, at all. Had no orientation towards this philosophy. But by the method of, of Srila Bhaktivinoda Thakur, passed down through Srila Bhaktisiddhanta and Srila Prabhupada, who picked the same mood, which is like, Get everybody. Make sure everybody gets this. That's Lord Chaitanya's mood. They didn't, Mahaprabhu and Lord Nina didn't care who was fit or unfit. It's like this is an ocean. Just give it to everybody. So I was a recipient. I got pulled in. I had no idea what I was doing, really. I just was sucked into the energy and then uh, got purified to some degree. Um, by the um, enough to hang on by the skin of my teeth, the, uh, in order to you know come into the movement. So, yeah, I'm a recipient of Bhaktivinoda Thakur's uh, mercy, and Prabhupada used this when he went back to India, because Indians were all looking towards America with you know binoculars, telescopes, and how do you get one of those? <laughs> I don't want a, a white ambassador. I want a you know I want a Ford car or something like that. And you know, meanwhile, Prabhupada's bringing back, importing these mercy cases from all over the West and saying, you guys want that, but look what they're taking. So that's one thing. And the other thing is, as far as my uh, appreciation for Bhaktivinoda Thakur, I got it from my godbrothers. I had a, one godbrother who's so into Bhaktivinoda Thakur, he used to say uh, that... Um, He'd ask people, what do you think of Bhaktivinoda Thakur? And if he didn't like their answer, then he's like, then he, he wouldn't spend time with them. <laughs> and I think spending time with that godbrother, it, it kind of instilled in me some, an appreciation for, for Bhaktivinoda Thakur. I mean, you know, people in America or, or anywhere in the world, you look for some kind of star who's 
you know, like people, you know, Bob Dylan or in India, I don't know what it is, uh, who it is like, that, that person's so cool. Everything about them, the way they, they look, the way they sing, the way they walk and everything like that. It's like there's a picture of Bhaktivinoda Thakur. He's wearing this hat and he's got the jacket on or any of the pictures. You know, he's got those beads around his neck. He's sitting with the Bhagavatam. He's like, he's the coolest person <laughs> for me. You know, I see Bhaktivinoda Thakur. And then you think his heart was there to s spread Krishna consciousness. He wanted me, you know, a, a, a person from the spiritual world who personally came here to help bring everybody in. And it's like he let me in. I mean, why wouldn't I, uh, you know, be attracted? And then his songs. Every song is a hit. Every song. Every song. How do you do that? <laughs> a Vaishnava is poetical, but this is, I mean, it's crazy. Every song Bhaktivinoda Thakur writes is a, a perfect window to the spiritual world. And he just sat down and, and wrote them. He just sat down and wrote them with a pen. And they're all available to us. So there's this overwhelming feeling that I have about Bhaktivinoda Thakur because of my association with my god brother and uh, with others who have appreciation and, and just for being a recipient of, of this. I'm being dragged along somehow or other by the mercy of Bhaktivinoda Thakur. I know how it works. I know how unqualified I am. But, uh, you know, here I am. So it's every day that I, I'm here, it's Bhaktivinoda Thakur's mercy coming down through the parampara. So that's why I have enthusiasm for it. And, uh, uh, you know, and I felt the power of it in the now, the same power I see now in all of you, that like, you don't want to come home. You want to be out there. The other day we were out in the, the whitest section of America, Los Gatos. And... Um, <laughs> distributing books and just you know here's all these you know refined high-minded Indian devotees uh, distributing books to all of them how did that happen you see Malini standing on a street corner across the street talking to a group of you know people who had no clue and you know she's leaning into it telling them about Bhagavatam where did that come from that's Bhaktivinoda Thakur that's what he wanted so when we got our book distribution started here in ISV, we thought about Bhaktivinoda Thakur. We started our marathon in 2007, and uh, we had a big goal for it, which at that, that time was probably like 100 books or something like that. <laughs> and I remember devotees came to me and said, um, you know, that's kind of, you know, we know you're enthusiastic and everything. But <laughs> this can't be done. It's really, you know, kind of over the top and you're pushing too hard and things like that. And, uh, you know, I thought about it for about two seconds and I said, no. Uh, and then I wrote an I wrote a article, got published in Dundavats about uh, thinking big. Because Bhaktivinoda Thakur thought big. He thought whole world. Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said, Prithiviti Achiyata Nagarati Gram. Every part of the world. And... That's how Prabhupada thought. And that we're getting that enthusiasm from Bhaktivinoda Thakur. That's what he wanted us to have. And if we can get that, then we can overcome the various tribulations of life. Because there's plenty of them, right? Anyone? But if you get absorbed in that mood of Bhaktivinoda Thakur, let's save the world. 
and let's save myself and, and just be absorbed in, in the beauty of it all, then uh, you can overcome the, the material world. So I have that poster on my wall in my room from 2007. And I look at it every single day and I think it's a miracle of Bhaktivinoda Thakur coming through Srila Prabhupada that, uh, that we're doing this. And every time we every time around the world when we're working together, all the devotees, to do, um, to do anything uh, to push on the Sankirtan movement, we don't know how it's going to happen. We just know it will. Because if the will of the Vaishnava is there, then everything's possible. And that's, what we're, that's all we run on. We don't have any extra funds. They show up when they show up. And we don't have any extra people. They show up when they show up, and it's all by the mercy of the great devotees because Krishna listens to them. Just like Narada, when he told Nalakuvara and Manigriva, he said, okay, you're going to be trees for a while, all right? But here's the thing. <laughs> Krishna is going to come and say, you know, and give you his direct darshan. And when Krishna was dragging around the mortar as a little baby, Narada said, okay. So we're under the shelter of, of Bhaktivinoda Thakur and Srila Prabhupada and Srila Bhaktisiddhanta, all the Acharyas, and it's their mercy through which we can spread the Sankirtan movement. Prabhu. Growing up in India, and the impact of British culture was such that youth would be very embarrassed of their own culture um, and think it as superstitious and bogus. And Srila Prabhupada, when he spread this mission, he was pretty much nearing his pastimes, the end of his pastimes in this world, probably those 10, 12, 13 years that there's the intersection between his passing away and when he started this mission. And when people in India wholesale rejected him, a brave group of young Westerners actually assisted him. And that made the difference between the ISKCON, what we know today, versus what could have been if that didn't happen. So from the bottom of my heart, I just bow down to all his disciples, um, and you and Akronath Prabhu and others who actually helped him. And today it is what it is. So, you know, kudos to, 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 to your accepting of his mercy and just giving your whole life to it. And today we are where we are. So thank you. Thank you. being broadcast so you gotta be um, I see that there's it, it it's a it's a network a loving network and everyone has their time and place to shine we wouldn't have a Christian consciousness movement right now in America if it wasn't for all of you I mean it's in the Bhagavatam that the the best devotees will come into Kali Yuga to help the Sankirtan movement. It's in Karabhajana Muni's teachings. 
and we're practically seeing that here. So every, you know, we can we can become really um, bewildered by the fact that there's ebbs and flows in the Sankirtan movement. But we see that there was an ebb after Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and Bhakti Thakur brought it back, and it it's always a struggle, and there's always somebody to step up who can take the mercy, and and make it happen, and it just happens to be all of you right now. And so we can carry on and be assured that the mercy of the acharyas will, will be with us if we go on with the process of chanting Hare Krishna and spreading the Sankirtan movement. So please make um, a, a deep vow to hold on to the lotus feet of Srila Bhaktivinotakur Srila Bhakti Siddhanta, Jagannath Das Babaji Maharaj, Gorkishore Das Babaji Maharaj, and His Divine Grace AC Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada on this special day of Srila Bhakti Thakur's disappearance day. All of them are our well wishers and our guardians. And if we um, embrace the process, even if we're not very good at it, or if we don't have a lot of taste, or we don't feel prema every time we're chanting, we can study their lives and remember uh, how what their character is and their quality is and know that we're on their team we're part of their group and that's our success as gopi pranadana prabhu used to say it's not what you know it's who you know and what you are that actually counts and we know bhaktivinotakur if you ask people in los gatos they're not so sure yet <laughs> But they're going to find out really fast because we intend to keep coming back there and all that silliness going on over there. Uh, you know what I mean? It, it's a farce, really, the whole thing, the whole civilization. It's divorced from any semblance of reality at all. And it's a scary thing. Okay, one last thing because we have two minutes to go. We have... Hare Krishna Prabhu, yes. I was just uh, reflecting on the thought that, uh, you know, how um, British, British came to India, the Gurukula system was lost, you know, everybody started forgetting Sanskrit and learning English. When I'm looking back, I was just thinking that uh, in one sense it was Krishna's plan, because now we don't have Gurukulas only in India, we have Gurukulas around the world, and everybody's able to read the Bhagavatam, which is only in Sanskrit, but everybody can read English now. So I was just trying to think that the overall picture, when you look at something you know, like, you know, we, we Indians started thinking that, you know, our culture is low and things like that. But in true sense, when you look back, everybody around the world has started taking the culture and, you know, has been benefited. Nice. And for the close, we got Sadhu. Sadhu Vrindavan. Um, there's this verse in the Srimad Bhagavatam. I don't know the full verse, but the first half is, Etavaj Dhanma Safalyam Dehinam Iha Dehishu Prana Artar Diyavacha Prana Artha Diyavacha Sada Archananam Sada Sada Archananam Sada So um, this verse was talking about how um, a person's uh, one's duty is to, uh, is to perform welfare activities with his life, knowledge, wealth um, and there's one more thing I think Oh yeah, words um, and so um, I was thinking how Bhakti Thakur he he actually he, he he was so compassionate. He was trying to help other living beings by actually writing so many books. He wrote so many commentaries. And I was thinking how um, even Srila Prabhupada, he, he 
he had three heart attacks uh, while coming in the Jaladuta and he came and he had pretty much, he had, he didn't have anything in the United States, you know, he just go to a park and then, and then he would just, you know, chant the holy names. And then I just think, and I was just thinking how devotees, they actually uh, help other people and how devotee association is really important because they'll help you even when um, they'll help you because if there's no devotee association, you can easily fall down. So I just think you had devotee association is really important. Thank you, Sadhu. Hare Krishna. Okay. So we'll end now with a f final verse from the Srimad Bhagavatam, which is a, a, a lesson for us, which is exemplified by the life of Bhaktivinoda Thakur. And the verse goes like this Srinvangrinan Samsmaranam Shichintayan Namani Rupani Chamangalani Te Kriyasu Yach Chach Chadranara Vindayo Avishta Cheshta Nabavaya Kolpate. And it means that because devotees, Kriyasu, they're engaged in working for the Lord, they have seva that they're, that's meaningful and they're moving around, they're doing their seva. Uh, they're serving the lotus feet through their service, uh, uh, through their particular seva. And they're always continuing with the chanting of the holy names, seeing the forms of the Lord and so forth, that even though they're in the material existence, they're not touched by it at all. They can't be, called, uh, they can't be considered in the material world at all. So Bhaktivinoda Thakur showed us how to excel in work, a family life. He did everything. He went to bed uh, and slept a couple of hours and wrote a hundred books in his lifetime. And he just showed us the example of how to live in the world and fully dedicate at the same time to the Lord, to Lord Chaitanya's Sankirtan movement. So all of you are doing that. Those of you who are watching, please go on with the process Let's expand the Sankirtan movement all over the world together as a global team and please the Acharyas and the one who brought back Lord Chaitanya's movement, Srila Bhaktivinoda Thakur. Srila Bhaktivinoda Thakur ki jai, Gaur Bhaktivinoda ki jai, Vancha Kalpatrvusha Kripa Sindhabeva Chapatitanam Pavani Bhyo Vaishnavebhyo Namo Namaha Nantakoti Vaishnavini ki jai, Gaur Premanande Nittai Gaurahari Bo. Haribo, Haribo, Nitai Gora, Haribo.